Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. The Fantasy Football Rewind. The final edition of the 2018-2019 season. Coming to you after... What I always say are the best games of the year, the conference championship games. And they certainly were for this season, as Jim Day and myself are going to recap two overtime games. It is the first time in the history of the NFL that both the conference championship games have went to overtime. These are why I love these games. They're so intense. There is so much at stake. And today's games were so exciting. Super Bowl 53 is set for all the people outside of Dot Avenue in Massachusetts. You all wanted the New England Patriots to fall this year. Everybody said they weren't the same and that they were going to fall off. Yet they still went to the number two seed and they went into Arrowhead Stadium and they won. The New England Patriots dynasty is not over. I am sorry to report to everybody outside of Boston. Meanwhile, in their second season back in Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams, in controversial fashion, mind you, advanced to Super Bowl 53. Good evening. I am Scott Engel, the managing director of RotoExperts.com. Good morning if you're listening on demand with my good friend Jim Day. Jim, uh, Jim, trying to get his energy back up. I know he can do it because all the excitement's been sapped out of you, Jim. Yeah, it's been a long day, Scott. No doubt about it. But like you said, two great games. Both of them going to overtime. You really can't ask for a lot more than that. Uh, although we're we're seeing you know Twitter going wild and oh, I hate when you know, one team doesn't get to touch the ball in overtime and yada yada. Look, you don't want them to touch the ball in overtime. Make a damn stop. Get a stop, right? Yeah, it's uh, people will blame the referees, but we'll talk about that with New Orleans, although they did have a legitimate gripe today, or they'll blame the way the game is built, something like that. This is coming mostly from New England haters. I'm neither a New England fan nor a New England hater. I'll be objective about it. If the Chiefs wanted to advance to Super Bowl 53, all along I had said throughout the regular season, I'd be worried about this team in the playoffs because their defense could not get a stop when it counted. And that not only happened in overtime, it happened in regulation. They did not get the key defensive stops. You can't look at it as just they didn't get the ball. They didn't get the key defensive stops when they needed it, Jim. Look, how many times did they have New England third and 10, third and nine, and New England kept coming up with the big plays to get there? Uh, You know, this New England 
you know, it, they got off to the big start, you know, had that 14 nothing lead, and then were quiet throughout the third quarter. And then, you know, as KC came back into the game and then eventually got the lead, you know, we saw New England do what they had to do and, you know, come back and win this game. But ultimately, you know, you can say what you want. Yeah, refs had made some bad calls. Of course they do. Um, but overall in the playoffs, i got to say I'm quite happy that the refs have kind of kept a hands-off approach to most of the plays downfield. Um, you know, they weren't heavy-handed in calling every single penalty, which is nice. But there were a few blatant ones that they just outright missed, which makes you crazy as well. So, you know, it, it's it's a fine edge to walk. Do you, do you want them to throw all the penalty flags and, and just kill the flow of the game? Or do you want them to let them play? You know, it's always a tough one. But put, when push comes to shove in this game for New England and Kansas City, it, it's going to come down to the fact that New England ran 94 plays to Kansas City's 43. Right, they they they, they, they could they could not, they couldn't stop them all day. In the right. first half, when they took a fourteen nothing lead, the time of possession was nearly twenty one minutes to nine minutes. It was just a few seconds off of that. But you had a team here, and the narrative's always been, you know, knock Brady off his spot, harass him. Fifty five sacks during the regular season. They did not sack Brady a single time today. You cannot point to the fact that they didn't get the ball in overtime. They didn't get stops on third down when it counted in overtime. Late in, the, late in regulation, they didn't get a stop either when it counted. So you, know, you just can't point to one thing. And that's usually what losers and haters complain about. Uh, oh, you know, it's... Now look, the New Orleans game is, I think, is, we'll talk about the exception to the rule, but losers usually complain about things like, oh, we didn't get to, to touch the ball, we were, we were one play away from this, or the referee. It's, it's losers' laments that you're going to see on Twitter. The bottom line is, is that the New England Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl yet again. Tom Brady going to his ninth Super Bowl along with Bill and Belichick. I don't care what the haters say, and I'm not a Patriots fan. I admire the greatness. Give me all the BS about the cheaters and the refs. That's loser jealousy, okay? We are witnessing just one of the greatest eras in all of professional sports. I, I can't think back at any other professional sport. Maybe the, the 90s Yankees, uh, the 60s Celtics. Uh, just to witness what's gone on over the last two decades is incredible. I have a, a ton of admiration for it, and... You as a Giants fan, it's like, please don't give me any more crap about you don't want Eli. For Eli Manning and having to beat these guys twice, boy, I don't think the guy's a Hall of Famer, but that's an incredible feat twice for Eli Manning and once for Nick Foles to beat Brady and Belichick because I tell you, every year my admiration for these guys gets more monumental. I can't argue any of that point. I I, I agree, you know. Um, it, it's I'd have no hatred for New England and, and or anything. I, look, I don't hate any of these guys. There, there's nothing out there to hate about any of this. It's it, it, not like it affects my life in such a grand way that I sports I, hate, as Davis yeah, Maddox said yeah, on Twitter. Not, sports hate. Yeah, I don't even have that. Uh, look, like like you said, you you have to give these guys the, the respect just because they continuously do it time in and time out, and they just keep doing it and keep doing it. Heck, he's at an age where most guys are long gone, and he's still doing it. So, you know, you have to give them respect. Whether you have sports hate or not, the, the fact of the matter is they are 
the best sports franchise we'll probably see in our lifetimes in any sport. Now, Brady today was 30-46, 348 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Not great numbers in terms of the touchdowns, but he did what he had to do, whatever he had to do it. Brady was classic Brady today. He even hit a long bomb to Philip Dorsett when we were thinking that he really couldn't stretch the field. I think that says something about the defense of the uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs that he was able to complete a 29-yard bomb for a touchdown to Philip Dorsett for his only catch of the day. Yeah, true. But, you know, again, talk about Brady only having one touchdown. When you have four rushing touchdowns, most of the time you really don't have to throw a lot of passing touchdowns. Uh, Sony Michelle was running well all day, got him uh, up to 113 yards, uh, did score the two touchdowns. Rex Burkhead added the other two. Uh, the last one, of course, the game winner in overtime. Uh, you know, when when you get running the ball that well, then, you know, it takes a little bit of pressure off the quarterback. But, you know, he still did what he had to do to get the team down the field. And, you know, a, apart from even that, just watching the game, one of the things I, I really love, I, I got to say this, Tony Romo is probably the best color guy in business that I, I've seen in my lifetime because, I, I mean, talk about somebody who knows what's coming and he gives you a graphic idea of what, what's going to happen on the field, and then you watch it happen time in and time out. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of him on the field, but I got to say, off the field, he's one of the best announcers I've ever heard. Yeah, and uh, he does a nice job. Sony Michelle doing a really nice job. Uh, he's only the second running back to have five touchdowns in a, a postseason. The, the first was Terrell Davis. He did it again today. 29 carries, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. Fantasy-wise, he was very up and down during the season. But when, to me, when you play at the level that he's been playing of in these games are even more important than what, what you see during the fantasy schedule. It raises his fantasy stock for next year. The only thing with Michelle is we got to stay him healthy. Well, the the other thing you always have to worry have about to see is, him stay is, healthy. Yeah, is Belichick being Belichick and the things like the Devlin touchdowns that come in every once in a while, especially in fantasy playoff weekends. He does, has a real big tendency to do that. He's done it the last two years in a row. Um, he definitely does not like fantasy football. You can almost guarantee that. Uh, but that being said, I mean, yeah, Michelle is definitely he, – he's showing that when he's on the field and gets enough carries, he's going to give you the, the numbers you need to see, especially with this offense around him. So he's definitely solidifying his spot next year, you know, most likely in the mid to end of round two. Uh, yeah, it's you know we talk about the committee, but we've seen Michelle get like eighteen to twenty-four carries. There's seemingly enough to go around. We have to wonder during the offseason if they'll bulk up the passing game more. Maybe that would affect Michelle a little more. But he's really their goal line back. Oh, he absolutely is. There's no doubt about it. You know, and he's uh, he's a guy that runs well, so he get, he'll get plenty of other yardage and. You know, I'm not so much worried about the committee. I'm just worried about the times when Bill Belichick is trying to outthink everybody else and come up with the gadgets instead of giving him the ball. And that's always going to be a concern. We've seen it too many times in the past with other good runners. You know, everything points to them having that great game, and then all of a sudden some, you know, offensive lineman comes in and runs the ball in or, you know, some other thing like the fullback gets all the goal line touches. So, you know, again, that's just – Belichick has nothing to do with 
Michelle. I think Michelle is a talented kid, and if he was on an offense where they didn't really play that many games, I'd like him a lot more. Yeah, but uh, certainly got to like him as a high-end RB, too. If, uh, you know, health was an issue, I'd like him even better. Even better. We saw more of Rex Burkhead today, uh, 41, 41 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Also had four catches for 23 yards. Uh, talk about somebody you paid off. If you played him in DFS at his price, that was an exceptional value uh, for Burkhead coming out big. Uh, at that low cost and, you know, probably going to be on somebody's Millie Maker lineup today. Yeah, uh, you know, he was one of those lower-priced DFS guys. Uh, James White, 23 rushing yards, a lot of that on early third downs. Uh, White with four catches for 49 yards. Kind of a disappointing day for White. Uh, I think we expected more, but, uh, you know, the Chiefs elected to try to keep him in check. Uh, along with Julian Edelman, which did, which did work, but we'll talk about that in a second. Well, actually, I said it this morning. I was worried about White and the fact that I thought they'd use him as a little bit of a decoy and try to move the defenses away from where they really wanted to go. And actually, I happened to see that at least three times that I know of that it was directly like that where you know he was split off to one side uh, of the field and you could see the defense gravitate towards him and then they went the other way. You know, and that's Belichick at his finest. That's what he does. And, you know, that's what you have to expect. That's why you can't always expect big games from these guys. But you got to hope. And he's such a good player, and he's always instrumental. You know, he didn't get the big fantasy stat line, but he kept coming up with all those big third downs when they needed him. Uh, And so for the team on an NFL level, he had a great game. Julian Edelman, uh, another good game. Seven catches for 96 yards. Uh, a lot of clutch catches as well, uh, especially in overtime and uh, late in the game. Julian Edelman, to me, future Hall of Famer. I don't think it gets mentioned enough. Well, we'll see. I, I, I'm not sure of his overall numbers, if they're at that range yet, but I, I like the guy. I mean, he's definitely an exceptional receiver, not afraid to go over the middle for such a small bodied man, but uh, and he's had some sensational years. Uh, are his overall numbers that high? Uh, yeah, I just look at how he how the guy plays in the postseason, how he plays in the clutch, and he's always among the, you know, the league, league leaders, uh, you know, especially in the postseason. Yeah, it'll be interesting to check. I'll have to look into that and see if he's got those kind of numbers that really hold up to that, you know, kind of you know, getting into the Hall of Fame as a wide receiver is tough. Um, there's no doubt about it. There's, you know, a lot of great wide receivers that come through this league. So I'll have to look at that and see if he's got those kind of numbers. Yeah, but to me, Edelman just always shows up when it counts. And for me, you know, those guys who show up, you know, when it really counts most, you know, I just really respect that. And, and I have no problem with that. I mean, I respect the play of him as well. I'm just saying, uh, you know, I get what you're saying. You you want to put him in the Hall of Fame based on the, the the amount of heart and the level of talent he brings, you know. But ultimately, if you look at his numbers, I'm just not sure he's all there. I'd have to. Uh, I'd like to pull up the postseason numbers. I think you can make a big case for him. You know, uh, yeah. A lot of people would ask, you know, who do you like between Welker and and him? You know, I'd probably take him over Welker. Uh, I'm looking looking at some of his numbers since... uh, Go ahead, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Welker did some great things for them as well in, in, in that same exact role, working out of the slot predominantly. And, you know, another good, really good receiver. Will he get in the Hall of Fame? Most likely not. I don't think his overall numbers were there either. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Edelman. Uh, I don't, I'm not at all. I, I think he's an exceptional player, and Tom Brady loves the guy and has no problem throwing it to him in any situation at any time, and that's all you can really ask. Yeah, maybe looking at the career numbers, maybe you have a point. You know, maybe I'm overstating it a little bit. It's just I feel like if I wanted to start a team at any point in time and I wanted to have a slot receiver, he would be my guy. I'm not going to argue with you. He, he's been sensational. Yeah. You know, when he steps on the field, he does a great job. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, there's, there's some good slot receivers, but I can't, I can't argue the point. I mean, he is good. He steps up every time they need him. All right, coming up next on the Fantasy Football Rewind, we'll check in on Rob Gronkowski. Is he dead or is he alive? And is Tyree Kill, was he dead today? Or was he able to stay alive? All that next on the Fantasy Football Rewind Championship Edition. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on Fantasy Football Rewind, the DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced groupings, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulators, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head-to-head and three ball betting tools, PGA Pro Tips, subscri- tips, Subscriber Chats, and more. Go to DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium. Choose Golf and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium. Click on Golf and enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. So we've been hearing it for a few weeks, but we didn't see it until today. There was always the threat. You know, Tony Romo had said it last week that... You know, if you don't account for Rob Gronkowski, you can turn back the clock on you real quick. And uh, he did it today with pretty decently. Six catches for 29 yards, but a very key 25-yarder in regulation to set up a go-ahead score. Uh, Gronkowski not quite dead yet. And if this is his last uh, season, he's got one more game left against the Rams. Right. And I hate to correct you, 79 yards, not 29 yards. So Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, a good day from, compared to what he's done this season. It's a pretty good game, day. And, you know, if you uh, went away from using Travis Kelsey today, then, you know, Gronk ended up having about the same amount of points at a much lower cost and uh, got you where you wanted to be in DFS anyway. Uh, look, he is what he is. It, at this point, there's very 
good possibility this Super Bowl is going to be the last game of his career. Um, and, you know, I could see him trying to go out strong. And that, I think that's what he did today. Because, I mean, not only was he making plays on, on the ball, but, I mean, his blocking was, again, phenomenal. I mean, every time they, they showed what he was doing on that line, I mean, he was crushing a block and opening a big hole. Kansas City uh, not able to get get away with the wind. Uh, they have only two playoff wins since 1994. Uh, Andy Reid still has only two two wins as a postseason coach. Uh, didn't make any game management blunders today, but just his defense couldn't get off the field when it counted. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a very bad first half, but then really, really picked it up in the second half. Uh, during the first half, uh, they were really harassing him. He almost looked like Quincy Carter, like I said on Twitter. He looked absolutely awful. I think he threw for just 32 yards in the first half. Uh, the Patriots were very successfully blitz, blitzing him. And it wasn't about keeping him in the pocket. They just got him so uncomfortable that he just couldn't settle and throw from any good spots. But in the second half, he was able to pick it up. 16-31, 295 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, Jim. No. And you're right. In the first half, they were harassing him. They were coming at him from every angle. He didn't know where they were coming from. And you could just tell he, he was unsettled. There was no doubt about it. Uh, they got off to that early start and that kind of put him in the hole. And, you know, that because of that, you know, when they come out at halftime, though, that first drive was exceptional. They went right down the field made the big plays and got right in the end zone and got this team feeling good. The defense made a couple of stops. And, you know, look, they had this game. This should have been their game. If D4 doesn't line up offsides, more than likely we're talking about how Kansas City finally beat the Patriots. Uh, that one simple play uh, of a defensive lineman lining up offsides. And it was clear. I mean, it wasn't even close. It was outright clear. Uh, he was over the line where he lined up. Basically cost them the game. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, you know, Mahomes, you, gotta, you have to give him credit. You know, he did uh, lead that final drive in regulation to keep him in, and he did bounce back for a good start. Oh, I give Mahomes a ton of credit. Yeah, I give yeah. him a ton of, you know, a second-year quarterback, you know, you know, coming out out of the gate and getting beaten 14 nothing in the first half by Tom Brady and the Patriots and them looking like they do all the time and invincible and nothing we can do to stop them type thing, yet he bounced right back in the second half and got his act together, calmed down, and, you know, showed us why he had the phenomenal season he had. You know, I, I would have liked to seen him win just because of the season he's had. But, man, he definitely showed us that he's not done. He's going to be here again. Yeah, he's got a long career ahead of him. I, I call him Russell Roethlisberger because he reminds me of how creative Russell Wilson is on the run, but he's also got the downfield gun in the guts of a Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> there you go. Let's hope that's all he's got from Big Ben. <laughs> okay. Boy, Big Ben's got two rings, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that. His on-field play is, is quite well. Yeah, that's not what I was referring to, but let's go on. <laughs> okay. Uh, everybody talks about how Bill Belichick takes away the team's one best weapon, and that's what he tried to do with Tyree Kill today. He was held to 42 yards, but it all came on one catch, and uh, you know, 
Tyreek Hill was not be able to be unleashed at all today, and I think you know that's a reason, one reason why Mahomes uh, struggled so badly in the first half because he had to adjust without his big weapon being open. Tyreek Hill had burned uh, Belichick and company for two big games in the last two years. Yeah, absolutely, and this was the one they, they went at him, and you know Stefan Gil- Gilmore was on him a lot, but when he wasn't, they definitely. Almost always had an, an over and under type of a defense against him just to not let him get anything big over the top and then to also try and get him out of his comfort zone route-wise. So, you know, they did a good job on Tyreek Hill. He did come up with the one big play, seemed to give them a little spark at the time, but it wasn't really enough at that point. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, like you always say, even the best stud players are going to have games that don't give us what we hope for. Yeah, he didn't help you cash in daily or uh, do too well in the fantasy football playoff league. But, you know, you were talking in the uh, fantasy sports today, the final edition, the championship edition, about how you liked Sammy Watkins, how he thought Sammy Watkins' things were going to be opened up for him. Uh, Four catches for 114 yards, including a big 54-yard catch in the fourth quarter. But, of course, uh, unfortunately... He limped off in the fourth quarter, but Sammy Watkins delivered. Uh, expect him to be back with Kansas City next year. Uh, one of the few number three wide receivers on an NFL team that could be viable in fantasy, but health is always going to be an issue. Now, just in case people are asking themselves, how is he the number three wide receiver? He's basically putting him behind Travis Kelsey as well, even though he's a tight Number three pass catcher. Yeah, right, right. Pass, number three passing option. How's that? Yes. Um, and I agree with you. And actually, with Damian Williams back there, he might even be number four now because uh, Damian Williams saw just as many targets as he did. But the, I, I did. I liked Watkins today. I had him heavily invested in you know, my playoff leagues and my DFS lineups just because I thought he represented good value. And, you know, he definitely came up with that. And it was for that reason I expected – New England to try and take Tyreek Hill out of the, the, you know, the game plan, and by doing that, should it open up the door for Watkins because you still have Kelsey out there no matter what, uh, and you know it worked out for him. He had a good game, uh, definitely got me the points I was expecting from him. So uh, you know it would have been nice for him to get in the end zone once, but hey, you take what you get. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Travis Kelsey caught a 12-yard touchdown pass early on, but then we only saw. Him- Finished with three catches for 29 yards. Uh, you know, give the Kansas City defense some some credit, even though uh, you know they eventually adjusted and hit big plays with the running backs. With one running back, we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, the Patriots did a good job of limiting Tyree Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey today. Uh, combined, they had four catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. That's usually what you might see from Kelsey alone in any one given week. So the Patriots defensively, uh, you know, they did give up a lot of points. You know, we'll talk about where the floors were in a second. They did give up 31 points, but uh, they did let Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill beat them. And that's exactly what they want. And the reason why they ended up winning this game was keeping, you know, Kansas City's best two weapons, basically.